Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast following a quite awful nil-nil draw at Chelsea. I'm Chris Smith and with me are Dan Thomas and TLW editor Dave Usher. Dave, it seems kind of superfluous to dig too deeply into this tonight. It was, you know, a proper crap game between 8th and 11th. Felt like watching fucking Villa versus Palace or something. You know, like yeah. they're abysmal away from... We're abysmal away from home. They're rubbish at home, have no strikers. Both teams have no confidence or fire in their belly. So neither had the bounce back game in them. So, you know, a nil-nil draw in a terrible game sounds about right. Yeah, it was two old Alkies fighting outside Weatherspoons at lunchtime, wasn't it? <laughs> it? It wasn't even as good as like it. I, the analogy I'd usually use is just like two drunks in Matthew Street at three o'clock in, in the morning, but it wasn't even that. It, I, I wouldn't even give it that much credit. It, it was just it was dire. Uh, I mean, Chelsea's finishing. I've watched Chelsea a few times this season, like, and it seems to be like that every game. They just miss like six guilt-edged chances every single game and that's the only reason we've come away with a point there mm. so there's there's nothing like that you can take from it and say well you know it's a clean sheet and it's a point no that was just sheer luck it's the only re- and Chelsea's horrendous finishing is the only reason we got a point and at the other end we basically offered nothing I mean what what was what was our best chance of the game I, I fucking Shot from, by Joe Gomez from 20 yards. It's like the only time Kepa's had to do anything. Probably the Fabinho one from the corner that got deflected wise. Yeah, yeah. The only time we've brought a save from the keeper really is, mm-hmm. is a Joe Gomez shot from 20 yards, which says it all really, doesn't it? No <laughs> yeah, he's area. Never scored the ever, has he? Yeah, no. And I, I'd yeah. probably say he was our least shit player tonight. I thought he, he, he did. You know, the defence was bad. They had loads of chances, but it wasn't through targeting our right-back position and getting him mm-hmm. behind. I think I think he did all right. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Dan, I was just wondering whether you just wanted to talk about WrestleMania instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I was going to say, um, just as someone who's been accused of being um, culturally bankrupt, uh, I'm going to say, Dave, Dave, what have I done? To you to treat me, blah, 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 I can't talk. I've, I've, I've made a right. <laughs> what are you doing there? <laughs> Don't worry, there's, there's a, a rhyming reason behind it. I just forgot, I've okay. just um, fallen down my own mouth as usual. Dave, Dave, what have I ever done to make you treat me so disrespectfully? Uh, I'm channeling my inner Don Carleone though because the last time I was on this podcast Dave was following a nil-nil draw with Chelsea. Um, really? Which was also, was yes, it was, yes, which was also horrendously dull. Um, so I obviously have that effect on not only this podcast but Chelsea games Um, it was just a terrible game of football wasn't it it felt and even though there's still what is that 10 games to go um, which is the best part of a third of the season it's it felt very on the beach territory Um, no real effort or fire I think that's just the, the, the way I don't we think play. it's that. I think we're just shit. Well, there, there is that, but there's so much leth- no lethargic and there's no zip to anything that we do at the moment. And Chelsea have spent all that money on on some very good players and they were no great shape either, but they looked more dangerous than we did. It was just a terrible game of football between two teams who should be much, much higher up the table, but for 
multitude of different reasons. And so, yes, Chris, WrestleMania is uh, is a much better proposition than <laughs> than talking about this mess. But yes, it is. It's um, it was just a dreadful game of football between two teams who have zero confidence between them. I would say that the Chelsea manager is lacking in confidence as well as Jurgen, but obviously the, the Chelsea have got a, um, a caretaker manager, so it's it's a different kettle of fish for them. But there is just a general lack of confidence and we've just been talking about Jürgen's quotes after the match kind of saying you know like looking for the positives and we kept a clean sheet that was a positive but it was more more by luck than design to be quite honest yeah sure I mean I think that continued the the run of quite staggeringly bad impressions on this podcast <laughs> that might have been as bad that, as Mike that Mike might Quinn be the worst. to be honest yeah yeah maybe good I think that, you know look Speaking of bad, like you, you often hear they get trotted out in this fixture that it's the most played game in English football in the twentieth in the twenty first century because of all of the cup games we've had against them. Um, I think this was the seventy sixth. They said during commentary tonight, and I can't for the life of me think of a worse one. <laughs> like absolutely none of the blood and thunder that or you more expect. relevant one. <laughs> no, probably not. Yeah. And the only aggro was between fucking Henderson and Allison yeah. <laughs> kicking off at each other. Of course, oh, now Hendel's getting fucking hammered by Twitter for it. How can Is he have he? a go at like the one player who's been like good this season? Well, it, it's his fucking job. He's the captain. It wasn't so much having a go. We may as well talk about that because there's not nothing else to talk about. I just yeah. thought like that was it, like um, either Allison's not shouted or Matip's not listened. Them two are like having a back and forth, and Hendel's the captain, so he's got to come and sort it out. He comes in, he's saying to Allison, "What the fuck's gone on there?" Allison basically looks like he tells him, "I shouted," and then Hendel leaves it. He turns around and then he says something to Matip. So like, what what's the problem there? That's what he's supposed to do. That's his job. Mm-hmm. And regardless of how he's played, because shortly after that he just let the ball go over his foot now for a throw in, and he must have been thinking, "Oh, for fuck's sake, it's like the worst possible time for me to do that after I've yeah. just been involved in." that but irrespective of how a captain is playing he's still got to do a captain's job and like that was like two teammates were were, were having like a you know a potential falling out there and he's just gone in in the middle and sorted it out so yeah it's any excuse for people to be having a go at him i mean criticize his performance if you want but having a go at him for that and as though he's he's got no right to be talking to Alisson and questioning Alisson because Alisson's been our best player this season. That doesn't matter. That's It's his job. He's supposed to yeah. do that. He wouldn't be doing his job if he'd have just let them two carry on arguing. Yeah, I thought Jordan overall, Dan, just looked like... I didn't think he had a particularly bad game, but then I again, I didn't think he had a particularly good game. Nobody did. Um, but he just looked completely bereft to me tonight, just kind of like fed up, down in the dumps, mm. and uh, ready for the season to be over. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the first thing to, to note is after, for all of the criticism of each other's throats, blah, 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 Alison and, and Henderson were walking off the pitch with their arms around each other, having a, a conversation about it, and they certainly mm-hmm. didn't look any hard feelings there. Yeah. But yeah, I just think there's a general malaise at the whole club at the moment. Um, we know big changes are coming, and you know, I, I just think there's a, just a... I think the, the players are as shell-shocked as we are, there's no way, even even me, you, you'd probably put in the, the top 5% of pessimists who support the club. I, I, there's no way I could have envisaged us being eighth. We still, like, it's, top four is still not impossible if we win 10 games in a row, but we're not going to do that because we just don't have it in us anymore. 
I, I, I don't think that we've got 10 goals in us at the moment, never mind 10 wins. No. That's just how it, how it feels at the moment. Um, but the, there is just a general downbeat feeling and I think you'll you'll see an acceptance over the next couple of weeks we we have to beat Arsenal which I, we'll, we'll get on to later and I certainly don't think is impossible but you know like it, that could give us a lift but t- tonight was kind of trying to get back on the horse and I don't feel as though we have yes we've not lost the game the only reason we've not lost the game is because of I don't like the handball rule. It is the rule. It is consistently applied. It's one of the few rules that are, is consistently applied. To be fair, um, that that's the major escape. It's probably the one of the few talking points of the game. And I've kind of I've drifted away from Jordan there, but I feel how he does because mm-hmm. I just can't get my head around it, and I get the feeling that a lot of the players can't either. They're not used to it. They're not used to this position where. They're not in control, and there's no control to the way we play at the moment. It's just a horrendous season, and it's the 4th of April, and I can't wait for the season to end. It's as simple as that, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave, what did you make of the team selection tonight, dropping six players from um, Saturday's game at City? Did you did you think that that was just your conventional decision? There's a busy week, you know, you're going to rest some players ahead of a big game on. Sunday at Anfield or do you think that there was some kind of message trying to be sent um, how did you see it both I think uh, if if we were challenging for the, the, the top four if we were within touching distance or if you know like in previous years if we were going for the title would he have made six changes for Chelsea away I, I doubt it you know I think he would have gone with like a, a, a much stronger on paper a much stronger line up so I think there's elements of both, but I think he had to do something after the City game. And his comments prior to that, like prior to the game tonight, he said something like only two or three players, uh, you know, guaranteed the place. He said, and I've told the players that, you know, there's mm-hmm. there's places up for grabs now. So I think if you're telling the players that behind the scenes, you've got to make changes. You've got, you've got to back up what you're saying and give people a chance, which he's done tonight to some extent. I actually think if we had more players available, he'd have made even more changes. But yeah, he's kind of had to play. Um, well, you know, Canate's kept his place. I imagine he would have kept his place anyway. He's, he's not really one of the problems. Um, obviously, Allison, And then you've got Henderson and Fabinho both kept the place. If we'd have had other midfield options on the bench, I think, you know, one or both of them probably misses out. Um and then he's made changes up front. I think Mo, I don't think Mo was left out for any particular like negative reason, like not being happy with something that he's not done or whatever. I don't think that was the case with Mo. I think Mo was rested. I think Trent and Robbo, Trent take take him out the firing line. Robbo, I think that's resting him um, to bring Costas in. We've seen that before, and it's it's worked well in in terms of. The next match, Robbo's usually look quite good when he's had that bit of a rest. So I, I do think it was a mixture of both. Uh, but you could easily have made more changes after after Saturday. And it's not just after Saturday, you know. It's basically, what, 75% of our away games this season, really. You know, we've only looked decent at Anfield. It's like away from home. Even the Newcastle game, like, that was shit. It's like we won, but we got outplayed by 10 men. You know, with a... 
we, we had the lead. Uh, we were 2-0 up, where we always it 2-1, and then they got the sending off. Either way, we got outplayed by 10 men, and uh, you know it, mm. it's, it was a game that we should have just ran out comfortable winners, picked them off, ran out like 4-1 winners, whatever, and we didn't. So even like the games that we've won, it was still not good. And then you've got all those other horror shows, Brentford, Wolves, Brighton, Man City, you know, and Bournemouth was just, you know, pitiful. So you've got all of those games. It's not a case of reacting to the Man City game and saying, okay, I'm going to have to make changes because of that. It's like, that was the straw that broke the camel's back, I think. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, it's, it's mad that I've never seen anything like this before. You know, a team to go from where they were to where we are. And there's no real obvious reason for it yeah there's like a a dozen things that we can speculate over and say well this has played a part and that's played a part but this is like other than Sadio it's the same team as last year it's the same group of players really and people say oh you know they're too old now but they're not they're, they're, they, they might have too much mileage on the clock but you're talking about players who are like 29 30 31 it's not like we've got a team of like 34 35 year olds and all of a sudden it's like oh yeah that team's just way too old it, it's it's kind of inexplicable not to fall off but to fall off this much perhaps the 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 the, the size of the fall off is is you know, what's crazy. unprecedented? Think, Give me another example of something as bad as that. I just think that perhaps it's when we're talking about thirty-four-year-olds and versus twenty-nine-year-olds, or whatever. I just think that a lot of these players probably have the miles on the clock of a thirty-four-year-old and have the bodies of a thirty-four-year-old now. So last season might have been just that that one big push for them, that one final push, when really they're they're all their bodies are sort of like five years older than conventionally what we'd expect from players maybe. So yeah. I think we have to take that into consideration. No, but that's fair. That doesn't but... explain how big the drop-off is. But exactly. It does kind of, if, you, if you're looking at it from the perspective of this was like that last big push to clean up and win everything and it didn't happen and then now comes the aftermath of that, which is kind of what we've been saying all along. It drops you off maybe you neck and neck with Man City and then all of a sudden you find yourself 10, 12 points behind at the end of the season that would explain that it wouldn't explain the extent of this where basically we're just getting beat every away game or like mm. if we don't we're riding our luck to not get beat it, it's mental i've just never seen like a drop off like this not just with us but just in general i can't think of any example where it happened and without like a genuinely like obvious reason like the season mm. when uh, you know, we almost missed out in the top four and then we rallied and we got third. Well, even that season, like, we were top at Christmas. We were doing well. And then we lost our centre-backs and, like, then we had to move midfielders back. There was a legitimate reason for why it went the way it did, plus the fact we're playing at Anfield in front of no fans and we lost, like, six home games on the bounce or something. So, you, yeah. you know, those... But that's, like, look what's happened since. Even this year when we've been absolutely shit, we've lost, like, one home game. So, you know, you can't explain how this has just massively just collapsed this season. And especially because you're thinking after, like, the the winter break, okay, now we regroup and we'll start to get better. And we had, like, we've had those little runs where you thought, okay, we're building something now. This is because we got, we were within one win of getting to fourth spot not so long ago. You know, if we won the game, we'd have gone fourth. Was it, was it Bournemouth? If we'd have beaten Bournemouth, we'd have gone in the top four. Yeah, that day. yeah, yeah. we were playing before Newcastle. Yeah. Again, now, I obviously, think. games in hand and stuff, but we would have been in the top four if we beat Bournemouth. 
So that's that's how close we were a few weeks ago to respectability to that top four spot. And look what's happened since. I mean, it's it's just so bad. And mm. away from home, you just can't see where the next win's coming from. I can think of a worse drop off. I think just about. It might not be worse, but it's as bad. Go on. Game of Thrones season eight. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we are at the moment. A Game of Thrones season eight, where nobody can just really be bothered anymore. That's worse. Like... That's worse. <laughs> you know why it's worse? Because that Game of Thrones season eight was so bad, it's actually made me vow to never ever watch any of the previous seasons. Now, as shit as we are now, it's not going to stop me watching highlights of when we were great. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's oh, worse. Man. But football wise, how, how much I worse would it have to get? Worse. How much um, worse would it have to get? <laughs> It, I don't think it could, even if we lost every game from now to the end of the season, which is a possibility yeah. the way it's going. <laughs> but like, I just think that right now it's not going to get better because the, the players seem to be just wanting the season over. And I don't mean that in a, oh, which can't be asked. I don't mean that. I mean, like, they're just miserable and panicking and like, what's going on? Uh, you've got Mo last week saying we'll be hungrier next season. Like, well, hang on a minute. We've got, we've got fucking 10, 11 games left this season. So you just like, how about we'll be hungrier next week? <laughs> no, not next season. Like, it's all right for the fans to say that. It's all right for us to go, ah, this is shit. Let's write it off, sort it out in the summer, and we'll be back next season stronger. But the players can't be saying that and thinking that. But they, they clearly are. The players now are just like, this just needs to be over. Let's just put us out of our misery and then, you know, take it from there, see what happens in the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, Dan, so you mentioned at the start that you haven't been on since the the previous Chelsea game on the podcast, um, and you know we find ourselves repeating ourselves quite a lot because Dave, Dave and I are generally on once a week or twice a week in Dave's case. Um, so how, how do you what do you make of it, or where do you see the balance between our two points there in terms of the drop off? Uh, it's such a difficult one because we, I think, we needed to to be more active in the transfer market last summer and the money was obviously there for a midfield and the interest was in the the lad who went to Real Madrid whose name I'm not even going to pretend I can pronounce um, so I, I, I found it curious that we didn't bring in another midfield and we've, we lack serious energy in midfield and that's exacerbated in my opinion difficulties around the full back areas I think it's left Trent and Rob were a bit more exposed because the legs in midfield aren't there to get back and help help them to double up I think that's been a big problem for us um, tactically I think other teams have kind of got to grips with us a little bit but I, I still don't understand why we're getting properly drubbed by jabronis like Wolves uh, away, away games every time you see an away game it's like well I don't see where the wind's coming from. Um, but at this, I'm a lot more confident that we'll beat Arsenal on Sunday than I am at Leeds the following Monday, um, mm. which is unthinkable. Now, obviously, both of those teams have got a great deal to play for, so they're going to be under some pressure, whereas to us, it's kind of like a bit of a free hit, really. Um, I have real concerns about this drop-off, because... Yeah, for the first few weeks of the season, it's like, okay, well, we're hungover from missing out. And even as a fan, I wasn't ready for this season to start. Yeah. Uh, I remember playing Fulham on that first day, and I was like, has it really been like the best part of three months since that Real Madrid game? I, I wasn't ready for the new season. 
and it doesn't feel like the players have been at any point to be perfectly honest um, mm-hmm. I don't know there was a short gap was there not if, if, I'm, if I think back rightly the, the season started earlier because of the World Cup so everyone's been thrown back into action you've of course had the disruption that the World Cup has caused um, when and I'm not blaming this for our season going to pot but it is a factor when the World Cup when we started and when the, the season broke Darwin was actually pretty pretty dangerous he was scoring quite regularly he was looking like a proper handful and since the break and since he's come back we as a team have not functioned anything like it as a good unit to get the best out of him but he's not been at his best either Um, so I think the the World Cup has caused disruptions as well I think it's a convenience excuse though Um, again in January we had a chance to address the midfield position we chose not to um, you would like to believe that that's because we're signing Jude Bellingham. I know Dave's all in on that truck. Um, I personally am sceptical about that. Um, and it's just, a, it's like, I'm sick of this perfect storm talk. And I'm, I'm, I'm not criticising anyone who, who said that because it is a very valid argument. Uh, but we had a perfect storm of injuries and COVID and whatnot two years ago that caused us to kind of really drop off and the centre-half injuries, losing players in midfield, as Dave's just said. Um, but two years later, we've got a perfect storm of a World Cup and a mad season and injuries. We've had a lot of them this season. Um, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of mad seasons. Can we not just have a normal season where we at least finish in the top four comfortably? You know, it's mm-hmm. Well, it's last nuts. time we fought back, Dan. Yeah, we, we we fought through that, and this time we haven't. That's the and difference. We, there's no prospect of us fighting through no, it either. Not. At, mm-hmm. at, at, at no, and again, I'm not not calling people out who said that we were going to finish in the top four. As early as I think it was the Arsenal away game, I, I flagged real concerns that we weren't going to finish in the top four, and the, the argument was always going to be, yeah, but we'll come on stronger and players will come back, and but we've not kept pace when. when Put it this way, it's a real concern to me that we we didn't stand still even last summer. We we we, we lost Sadio and you know, that's that's by the by because he wanted to go, but we've stood still and we've let Newcastle and United and Tottenham get and Arsenal and get and Brighton. Uh, yeah, but and just, Fulham, Villa and Brentford and Villa. <laughs> with with all due respect to those teams, they ain't going to stay that up that way. You know, like we mm. we will overhaul the likes of Brighton and Fulham, and I'm not disrespecting mm. them. They what they have achieved this season is fantastic, particularly Fulham, who have come from the Championship to possibly European football. Um, certainly, they look good for a. GM Europa Vauxhall Conference League or whatever it's called the, the competition that I hope we avoid at all costs um, and, and even to tonight you know one of our old opponents N'Golo Kante has not played football for about 25 years and then dong like the Undertaker at Wrestlemania Liverpool appear and he sits up and then just completely runs the show in midfield like he always does because he's an absolutely fantastic footballer it makes you wonder why, has he been injured or has Potter Potter not use him because he he's been injured he's fucking brilliant yeah. tonight and that's the type of dude that you'd kind of want in there if you he has been injured yeah yeah, the last few years, he's spent sense. a hell of a lot of time yeah. injured. Yeah, he spent a lot. I think that I think he came. I, I, I saw him in the pre-game, which I don't normally watch. I caught a bit of him, and I think he made a substitute appearance against Villa mm-hmm. on, okay. on Saturday. And I think this is his first start since August, if I remember reading rightly. Okay. So, Good yeah, 
he's a fantastic footballer, brilliant player. It's worse than Thiago and Keita, that, that injury yeah. record. I, I don't know. Um, it, it, between Keita and Ox, we have a, a proper... Um, Ox is never hybrid. injured, Dan. He's just shit. He just doesn't play. But he, he's always available. <laughs> he's hardly had any injuries for two years. People just still think, oh, Ox injury prone. Now, fair enough. He may well not be injured because he's not playing games. So he's not, like, unless he's getting injured in training, he's not really at risk. But, no, he's hardly had any injuries. He just doesn't play. Didn't he get an injury in the first week of pre-season, um, and then Jurgen was like, "Yeah, he'll be he'll, he'll be a while," and then suddenly he's out for three months, then comes back. And oh, then yeah, it's he did this break. year. Yeah, yeah, it was last year. He was fit for pretty much the whole season, and then he got that pre-season injury this time. And then since he's been back, he's been fit and available. But he's, you're just not going to pick him, are you? I mean, he didn't even get on no. the bench tonight. Well, he's I, I want to talk about this actually because. Curtis Jones comes in from the cold tonight and starts, right. and he wasn't great. Don't get me wrong, he didn't have a good game. I didn't think he was any worse than anybody else. But it just begs the question, it's like, well, he wasn't even on the bench at the weekend. He's not even been on the bench in other games. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah you can go in the starting lineup. Now, I wanted him to start tonight, so I'm not complaining that he was playing. I'm complaining that he'd been completely out the picture. And then it's like, okay, yeah, you can go in and start. And then you've still got that Arthur fucking jabroni on the bench. Mm-hmm. It's, it's doesn't just, make sense, does it, the no. Curtis thing? Like, you, there doesn't I, seem I, to I be much. Know. You used to kind of understand, be able to understand the rhyme or reason behind all of the decisions we were making. And even if you agreed with it or disagreed with it, you could kind of rationalise it in the head because there was a clear idea of why that was happening at this time rather than just going from completely in the cold back into the. I thought Curtis did okay today, but it's like you said to said to me in a text earlier that he's had all of the sort of like the the, the vibe and the and the flair and the cockiness yeah. just completely coached out of him so it's when gone. we could have really he's done so with him that tonight so yeah just even that one you know when like he, he ran on that ball ran onto the ball on the edge of the box and he slipped and he fell over now mm. he slipped because he's running onto the ball and normally like the old Curtis would have instinctively attacked that ball brought it down shimmied and got a shot away he's running up to the ball and it's as though he's getting there and suddenly he thinks oh shit what am i going to do i need to be safe got to protect the ball and then he hesitates and he slips and he's just second guessing everything he does he doesn't do anything off the cuff anymore there's no like none of that swagger and that cockiness that got him where he was in the first place now he's just functional and safe and he's bringing very little to the table and it's so frustrating to watch because like I remember like what he could do, what type of player he was, and then I'm looking at him now. I'm like, it's just being coached out of him. It's like, or it's it's either it's being coached out of him, or Curtis himself thinks I've got to just protect the ball at all costs, and I've got to be safe. Uh, maybe that changes if you're playing him further forward rather than in the midfield three. I don't know, but he's not quick enough to be playing in the front three. So I just I don't know. I don't know. It's I worry about him now. I think like you know, it's it's um, it's starting to. Like his ship may well have sailed, um, and I don't want to write him off because he is still only young. But it does frustrate me that he doesn't. For Liverpool, I think he needs. Yeah, I think maybe. Curtis, he, he needs to be starting to look out for himself now and and look to go elsewhere if he wants to progress in the manner that he needs to. Like I don't necessarily think it's a oh poor Curtis, he's not going to make it at Liverpool. Like he just needs to look out for himself and like yeah, jump ship and go and play somewhere where he can actually be a Curtis Jones footballer I'm not I don't don't ask me where that is because I don't know but it's certainly not here and certainly not in this system no. but it's it's just weird isn't it like you talk about 
wanting to be safe with the ball at the moment. How fucking careless were we with the ball tonight? All night. Like, it just seems... Yeah. I would like to see the stats to say, like, how many times we gave the ball or percentage of completed passes. Because mm. I think in all of the time I've been watching this team, I think that was probably... That had to be, like, the lowest completion of passes we've ever had or something like that. Because we just constantly, constantly gave the ball away. And, do you know, you, know you, you said, Dan, that, like, it looks like the, the players have kind of, like they know that they're not going to get top four. Do you know what the realisation for that for me tonight was that in stoppage time, the ball comes to Alisson and he's holding on to it for about 10 or 15 seconds and then eventually he just like launches it forward, just boots it forward randomly. And if they were still in this fight, believing that they could do that with the desire to do it, that wouldn't have been the case. Like, it's just a small microcosm of where we're at at the moment. Like, it might seem like a small thing, but... I don't know if that was a game that we kind of had to win, and there was from about seventy-five minutes on, it was kind of like, let's just settle for this drab nil-nil draw and get out of here if we can. It was quite depressing, really. I mean, how, like normally a, a, a draw at Stamford Bridge, you'd kind of just shrug your shoulders and go, well, that's not somewhere that we tend to win too often. Jurgen's record is pretty good there, but I was thinking about this before. Like Stamford Bridge to me just conjures up bad memories of. John Spencer and Mark Hughes and being 2-0 up in the FA Cup and losing 4-2. Um, so I will always regard a, a, a draw at Stamford Bridge to probably be quite a good result. But to, I, you, you're right, you're very right. It, it might seem like a small thing, but it's actually a very big thing because how many team, times has this team turned um, a 1-1 into a 2-1 or a 0-0 into a 1-0 with a late goal, keeping on going, keeping on going? And, and you're right, like... like, like even even last season, we'd have been trying to turn that into a one nil win with fifteen seconds left. Never mind fifteen minutes, we would have got the ball forward as quickly as we can, and you know, like maybe Divock would have scored with a header. What as do you mean, it, maybe? Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, I missed him, you know. Well, when when you look at some of the, the, the amount of blanks we've drawn this season, it's you know like. Maybe we should have kept him, but I understand why we didn't, and I understand why he went. And he didn't start a lot of games for us in his last two years there, but he always had a valuable contribution to make, usually against Everton. Uh, but unfortunately, the rest of the league are trying to make sure those bums stay up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some bad results for you on that front tonight, Dave. Uh, not great, but it's. I mean, you look at the table. I'm not worried yet. I still think. I guess what, it was teams like playing against each other, wasn't yeah. it? So it's like. But we could have done with Leicester. Leicester winning. was the one. Like apart from the Born fact the... that it meant that Villa have gone above us, that's secondary for me at the moment. It's it's not even yeah. about us anymore. It, yeah, who it, cares it, if it, we finish like twelfth or fucking Yeah, as long as Everton go down. Well, <laughs> here's here's one for you. Like if we can't get the top four, and as, as I say at the moment, it's not impossible. It's increasingly unlikely by the by the drop point. It's unlikely. Um, how, how do we feel about about European football? My personal preference is top four or eight. You know, I, I don't want to be going into this Europa Vauxhall conference thingy because no. it's the Thursday Sunday thing. I know it's no different to Saturday Wednesday, but it is. It, it just is. is. I know. It, it just yeah, is. Psychological. It, it definitely is. It shouldn't be, but it is. No, I. I think I'd rather not be in it, but if it's the Europa League, like. Mm, Okay, at a push. I definitely do not want to be in that other fucking thing. 
I'd, I'd rather not be in than, than be in that. And, and I, I don't care if that sounds like football snob, and, and I don't care. I don't want to be having to deal with like the Thursday Sunday thing when that's the reward, at the a potential reward at the end of it. Is is that no? It's not worth it. I'd rather have like the midweeks off, uh, and just just try to get ourselves like back on track again without that distraction. Dave, I grew up playing sensible soccer and I have never heard of a, a good amount of the teams that are in that Europa Vauxhall yeah. conference. And and, and, and again, I, I can be a football snob sometimes by my own admission, but it's just, just no, just su- Sunday and Thursday, it doesn't mix. No. It, it doesn't, any team that goes into that, uh, into even into the Europa League, they tend to struggle in the league and league is the bread and butter. So uh, it's, it's a hard pass from me on... Thursday nights, um, no, no, thank you. It, it just doesn't work. I play a lot of um, twenty twenty cricket on the Thursday night as well, so double swerve that. And if we did get in it, then play like the under twenty ones. Don't don't loan players out. Keep a strong under twenty one side and just play them in it. If if we've got to compete in that, then do that. I don't want. I just don't want to be in it. I want no part of it. That's kind of worked. It has kind of worked well for us when things were firing on all cylinders, like like last season, for instance. We were able to use the early rounds of those cup games to give people some sort of valuable game time and, yeah. um, you know, keep everybody involved, keep everybody interested, blood some youngsters and stuff. So, in principle, I'm not, I'm not against the fact of playing um, Europa League football, but I'm with you on the other thing. Um, I don't want because I host the midweek podcast as well. I don't want to be doing those ones. <laughs> I love doing this, but <laughs> I, know. I don't want to be coming on here. Me, it'll be it'll be just me and you, Dave, because no one else will come on yeah. with us, and we'll be we'll be drumming up like forty five minutes on us versus some like Siberian team that we've never heard of before. Yeah, <laughs> FC Robotnitsky. Do you know what, Dan? Yeah. That was there the name go. in my head was, was Robotnitsky. <laughs> that was the name in my head as well. Weird. Is that from Footy Manager? No, I don't know. That was just the first no, thing that popped we've, into my head. We've played them. Yeah, yeah. We we played them in. A, I think it was. I, I want to say it was under Kenny. Um, there was a, a similarly named team. I can't, I can't think of the name. Uh, it was Hodgson's first game as manager. I can't remember. No, who it was. I was I totally sat, blacked that out. Of yeah, that's anything. gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was sat next to John Gallagher. Um, and he was texting someone at the forum. I think it was five times. John will um, definitely remember. Yeah, John he, he, um, he, he basically he, he said after like five times texted John after five minutes to say that Jovanovic is shite. He wasn't wrong to be fair. Greatest soccer player in the world. Fun to neighbours. <laughs> I did love that yeah. um, that YouTube compilation. Milan Jovanovic, welcome to Liverpool, and it was the header when yeah. he fell off. Yeah. And then I'm getting subbed. <laughs> yeah. the header shown yeah. from like all different speeds and different angles and then I'm getting subbed that, that was the video that, that was that, that was against Arsenal that actually yeah he um, also did something else in that game like he shoulder barged um, the the right back was it a buoy yeah something like that and like he oh, shoulder Emmanuel barged the him, I think that's, it was him that's and, a name uh, I've not heard for a while and he just looked like you know a, a, a bustling busy type of player and then he did absolutely nothing after that but at least he was busy and bustling, which is more than we've got now. Apart from Darwin, <laughs> who, again, that's kind of like the only thing he's offering, but yeah. at least he's offering that. I want to talk that's about it. that, actually, because I'm proper Go pissed on. off at the way he's been handled. I, just, I don't know what the mm. fuck we're doing. You know, he's either not starting 
or he's the first one getting brought off. Okay, Bobby got brought off before him tonight, but I absolutely was convinced he was going off. Even though Jota was the most obvious one to be taken off, I knew it was going to be Darwin, it, and I don't know why. It's just, he's like... He doesn't know if he's playing centre forward or left wing. So, like, well, that's a problem. We didn't buy him to be playing left wing all the time. So that was not part of the plan. What is the plan? You know, I don't I don't mm-hmm. see what we're trying to do anymore. And, like, you know, and then you sign Gakpo. And, again, it's like, well, what's the plan for Darwin? Is he playing through the middle? Are you now seeing him as a left winger? What happens then when Diaz comes back? I, I just don't know, like, what the plan is with him. And I, I feel like the way we've, we've utilised him since the World Cup has been fucking disgraceful to be honest it's uh, i'm so frustrated when he's not on the pitch and even tonight he wasn't good but at least he was trying to do you know what i think the best way to describe it watching darwin versus watching everybody else the one thing that he's got is like if he gets the ball he's like okay i'm gonna do something i'm gonna try to do something everyone else is passive as fuck yeah. Whereas, like, whether it comes off or it doesn't come off, at least he's not. He's still got that in him where, like, he's wanting to make things happen. Now, sometimes it looks a bit desperate. It's like, oh, look, he's cutting inside and, and blasting one from 25 yards again. Give me that all day than what I'm getting from everybody else. I, if he's, like, trying to, like, go on the outside and run the fullback, might not work, might get tackled, might go out for a corner, whatever. Give me that. At least he's trying to do something. He's still got a positive mindset, whereas everyone else seems to have a negative mindset now, other than Mo. Um, but, like, everybody else, it's it's just... It, there's no positivity or, like, just... I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but, like, he's still got that in his head. Like, he's not being beaten down like the rest of them. They all look beaten down, broken, no confidence. He still looks like he's he's got fight in him. He's wanting to carry the fight to the other team. And seeing him getting subbed while Jota stayed on tonight, I didn't even get angry about it because I'm, I'm almost past the point of caring now. It's like I've kind of just given up. Saturday sort of broke me a little bit because I was still mm. thinking top four up until that game. And then that was the game where I'm like, no, this is done. No chance of getting top four. It's just going to carry on as it is, where we'll probably get by getting some results at Anfield and we'll be shit away from home. And if the Anfield form dries up, oh my God, that doesn't even bear thinking about. But yeah, the, the, the way Darwin's being handled is just bizarre to me. I don't get it. I don't understand what we're trying to do. Yeah, I can't really argue with that. You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. Um, what did you make of what did you make of Jota tonight? Because he he had probably our best opening of the game. Um, I think it was kind of like midway through the first half. Actually, it was it was right before half time, wasn't it? We and we got the corner from it when um, that Fabinho almost almost yeah. scored from afterwards, yeah. and he just sort of. He was through and he cut back inside. And just last season, he would have just drilled that on his left foot. Like that goal he got it away at Arsenal, which he slammed in at the near post. It's kind yeah. of similar to that, right? Like he would have just instinctively just like, 
I'm getting the ball here, I'm fucking scoring. He wouldn't have tried to cut back in onto his right foot to try and take that. Like, just, it just He just doesn't seem to have any confidence in his ability. And this time last year, he was an instinctive sort of striker that we were talking about in the same vein as Fowler for his finishing mm. prowess. So what the fuck's gone on there? Dan, you can take that Dan? one if you want. Uh, I think there was a, there was a lot of... Like, he's been injured quite a lot over the last year. So you, you, I'm like... This this kind of is it thirty five games now where he's not scored. I think no, it is thirty one. I think tonight was the thirty first, wasn't he? It was thirty, right. and now thirty one. Well, probably will get this, to thirty five. In, in this run, he's one of these players where when he comes back from injury, he blows for about a month. So he, he's come back from this really be quite mm. quite serious injury. Really, um, he's missed the World Cup, and he's not really look like he's going to rediscover any of his form. I have real concerns about him long term. There are extenuating circumstances, but to me, what what Chris has just said, like I, I wasn't shouting, but I was like, hit that first time. Because last season, he would have, without question, he'd have hit that bottom corner. And he's always been a bobbly player. I've described him on this very podcast as a bibbly, bobbly player because he's very yeah. good at bobbling the ball into his own path. He doesn't seem to do that anymore. But... Like he would have hit that first time, and he might not have hit it cleanly, but he would have bobbled into the bottom corner because that's just what he used to do. So, when he doesn't do that, does he bring enough to the table? I'm not not convinced that he's the same player, and I don't know what that reason is. If is it confidence? Does he need a summer with the preseason? I, I would say that. I mean, just to get another WWE reference in for you, Chris, I have a list. Hmm. And he's not on the he's on the list to stay at the moment. My list okay. to stay with is is about eight players, and I, I would say that he is he's borderline. Um, Go on then, Dan. What's your list? Let's, oh, let's hear it. I had this written down. Just bear with me for one second while I get my phone. So right, you get that you get that sorted, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bring something up with Dave. Like um, Dave, Dan, Dan's right. There are sort of like mitigating circumstances, and I think. There, that people will listen to this tomorrow and there'll be sort of two sides to it. Some will say, we haven't gone in hard enough and others will say, well, this is why this is like, Paul, for example, will probably say that there are, he'll probably point out some reasons and there's and there's nobody's opinion I respect about the Reds more than Paul, to be honest. Like he's, I think he's bang on most of the time. Um, but I am, I think we're f- quite fair-minded on this podcast, but I am getting fucking sick of, like, pointing out these mitigating circumstances all the time. Like, there there may be, like, reasons for this, but I'm sick of making them. Like, it's a culture now. Yeah, it, that's what it feels like, yeah. and that's what Cop's comments felt like after the game tonight. So do you want to address that and then address the comments as well? Um, well, I'll address the comments first, because I've, I've not seen the whole thing. I've just seen snippets of quotes. And I just think, what's he supposed to say? You know, whether he believes everything he's saying, I don't know. But I think after, because he he didn't exactly go to town on them after City, but he he went as far as you'd expect him to go. He doesn't, because he never really does that. And I feel like that's as far as I've seen him go. So I think he has been like critical of them. And he's, whatever he said publicly, he'll have gone way, way more than that privately. So I think he's torn strips off them. So, he's seen certain things tonight that have shown him like a little bit of battle and qualities, and you know it, we've we've not lost the game. So I think he's just trying to build up a bit of confidence now by saying you know praising them a little bit and saying there was things he liked and it was 
the one thing I did agree with, he said anyone who thinks we were just going to go bang and then just immediately be like back, you, you know, that's not going to happen. It's it's going to be like baby steps. Now, he's saying tonight was a baby step. I'm not necessarily sure it was, but, you know, time will tell, I suppose. Um, so in terms of what Klopp's saying, I'm not really paying too much attention to that. But now I, I know what you mean about like the... It does feel like straw clutching to some extent when we're, when we're we're talking about Dan mentioned some of the things that we were saying earlier in the season, and you could expand on that even more. Really, like at the start of the season, it was like, oh yeah, it's a hangover from last year, and then it was like, well, we didn't get our pre-season right fitness-wise, and you can see we're we're very leggy and teams are out running us. And it, this is all true. You know, it's not like this has just been plucked from thin air. There is substance to it. And then it was like, oh, well, we've got loads of midfielders injured and we didn't buy midfielders. And so we're really struggling midfield. Again, that was true. And it was like, when everything else was going wrong, it was like, well, it's because the midfield and, you know, we're not scoring goals because the midfield's not giving the forwards the service. And then we're conceding goals because the midfield's not protecting the defence. And then it goes on. And it comes to a point where you're like, now, that, that's not it. You know, that might be a contributing factor. But there's way more going on than all of this. And it's like, literally, there's not one thing we're doing well right now. You know, we've got, like, the best goalkeeper in the world and his level's not dropped off. And other than that, what can we hang our hat on and say, yeah, that's good. At least we're doing that well. Mm -hmm. Nothing. It's like everyone's shit. Varying degrees of shit. And it's, it's totally bizarre that we're in that situation. But then you've also got to say... We've been terribly coached all season. You know, it, we do not look like a team that's coached and knows what they're doing. Now, part of this is definitely like on the on the players. Either they can't do it anymore, or they've lost confidence, or they've lost like you know they don't believe in what they're doing. All of these things are on the table for me. But at the same time, it's gone on for so long, and it's not being fixed. It's not being improved. If anything, it's getting worse. And it's like, well, what he is actually doing on the training ground you know it's like you're still just trying to do the same thing that's clearly not working and we've not really seriously tried to do anything different we've had little little bits here and there where maybe like we'll play 4-4-2 in one game or we'll just change it ever so slightly or whatever but there's nothing obvious that you can see well you know we're trying to do it differently now we're just still doing the same stuff that's not working and and that comes down to like Klopp and the coaching staff not doing a good job at all this season. So yeah, someone mentioned this on the forum, like why you're not like having a go at Klopp after the you know the last pod when me and John were on. And it's not any particular reason. It's just you know that that was not the discussion. Was well, let's yeah. have a pod about Klopp. You know we could do that. You know and you know I'm sure at the end of the season we will talk about stuff like that. But it, it, I think it, it it's a fair point to say, as bad as the players have played. The coaching has been just as bad. You know, it's all of it. It's not, you can't like say this is completely down to players like being too old or, you know, like not good enough or whatever you want to say. It's also the coaching has been bad. You know, it, we've, not, we've not looked like a well-coached team. In fact, we've looked like a team that's not being coached at all. I mean, there's gaps all over the place. Like right. tonight, Chelsea had three clear chances in the first 12 minutes. Wide open spaces that players were just running into. And part of it's because we don't protect the ball properly. We just give like a sloppy pass away. And then you've got so many players who've like moved forward because that's where they're supposed to be. And as soon as it breaks down and we lose the ball, 
there's gaps everywhere and then you're expecting like the two center backs to be putting out fires and you know it's not happening anymore you know when Virgil's mm. playing Virgil's not being at his best tonight I mean Canate got us out of jail a few times but he was he didn't look steady himself you know I thought he looked ropey Joel looked yeah, ropey as well and... they did make some some like timely interventions and, and that you know it's not like they were both terrible but they didn't look like comfortable or on top of their own games it didn't really look like we were playing with any sort of discernible shape. No. I didn't think. And we like, never and do. I thought there were, no. No. Um, you know, you you know, you said we've been terribly coached all season, but you you also say that, you know, there's nobody else that you would want other than Klopp to kind of try and turn this around. Do you have conviction that like that's that's gonna be different this time next year? Uh, I've got confidence, uh, but I'm by no means certain. Yeah. And I, I don't necessarily just think it comes down to, yeah, we have a really good transfer window, everything's fine. I did mm-hmm. think that until like fairly recently. But what you've do you also. It does need to happen then. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know because I don't know what we're trying to do. I, like, If you look at the, the midfield players you were getting linked with, and I'm mm-hmm. not talking about ability wise I'm not like questioning saying oh he's not good enough or whatever because we've been down that road before where like we sign a player and you're like "Mm, really and then he just turns out oh yeah he's a perfect fit for what we're doing and the player becomes like you know way better than any of us expected him to be there's countless examples of that because we were picking the right player for what we needed for a specific role in the team now I don't know what we're doing anymore because like the players that we're getting linked with they're all like kind of like number tens who can do a job as an eight, and none of them fit what we've had before, you know. So like Bellingham is a, is an outlier because Bellingham can basically do everything. So you know, dis- disclude Bellingham from this or discount, I should say. Um, Mason Mount, the Nunes lad at Wolves, Conor Gallagher this week. Um, just the other one. There's, there's another attack minded player there. There's a there's a lad, a Danish lad playing in Germany. We got linked with him this week, and again he's like another number ten attacking midfielder type. And it's like, what are we actually? I, I would have thought we'd be getting linked with players who put the foot in and you know they're like aggressive. You know a Fabinho replacement, um, or like a Wijnaldum type. You know a disciplined player like that. And they're yeah. not. They're all like number tens, like attacking style midfield players. So I don't know what we're even trying to do anymore. So I think you've just got to wait and see how it develops and what we do. But I can't say like with any certainty. Okay, yeah, it's just get this transfer window right and we'll be back on track again. Yeah. Because I think it's gone way beyond that. I mean, is that going to solve the problems we've got with Trent and Virgil? Nope. Are you are you convinced there is a plan though? Do you, do you think that they're they're looking to just get towards the end of the season now and they have this plan that they're going to like implement over the summer and we're going to come back and we're going to have a, a full pre-season and we're going to sort of revolutionise the way we've been doing things and you'll see like a second coming almost. Or I don't know. Do you, think they, they, they can, do you think that plan is there at the moment or do you think they're kind of reaching for it? I think the plan is there, but whether that plan yeah. can work or not, I don't know. And part of the reason I say that is there was obviously a plan last summer when we signed Darwin. And as that worked out, it looks like they haven't yeah. got a clue what to do with him. And then you sign Gakpo, and it's like, well, was Gakpo part of the plan last summer, or was that just taking an opportunity that came up in January? And you're like, well, yeah, he's a good player, let's get him. Or was it part yeah. of like this plan? 
he's going to be available in a few months so we'll bring him in and he fills this spot in the team i don't know are they just winging it or because we've got that whole uncertainty over like edwards is gone julian ward's in there and what is the plan who's making the plan who's carrying mm -hmm. it out and i just don't know it doesn't feel like we're as well run as we were previously where every time we bought a player mm -hmm. you knew yeah he fits a role in the team now we're just buying players like fabio carvalho why did we sign him was that just like yeah, he's a good young player. If we sign him, if it doesn't work out, we can make money on him. Or was he signed with like a specific job in mind where, yeah, he fits this role in the team? Because where the hell mm. does he fit into how we play? And yeah, I feel sorry for that lad. He's a talented player. He's a massively talented player. Yeah. And he's a square peg in a round hole. And I, 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 so that's what I mean about plan. I don't know anymore. I just, I don't know if if we've got like if we've got a plan or if we're sticking to the plan or if we've changed the plan and i just i don't know but all i can say is like the midfield players you we keep getting linked with are not the kind of midfield players necessarily who you would think we would have gone for in the past so okay. i don't know yeah dan have you found your list of course i found my list nice. my list is always ready and i've got many lists um so this is um this list just talking to, to uh, non-Liverpool supporting friends actually after the Man City game you know it was th this list is definitive who I would not consider offers for just before you do um, that like I haven't I don't think I've got any non-Liverpool supporting friends have you Dave um, <laughs> I've got a Chelsea supporting mate who, like me okay. uh, my golf buddy he's a Chelsea right. fan from London uh, my brother-in-law is a Sunderland fan I don't care you family no uh, no, no, not really. I've, I've got like Evertonian acquaintances, but obviously I don't get too close to them. <laughs> well, oh, sorry, growing, Dan. it's all right. Growing up in Mos Eisley Cantina, um, <laughs> we, um, we have a, a lot of divergences here. So this is my um, my list of players who I wouldn't sell. So um, what do we do with the best goalkeeper in the world? What do we do to people who are continually don't drop the levels? Alison, you just made the list. Um, he's not had a great season, but Trent is just an amazing footballer. Um, Konate, Robbo, Bajetic, Nunez, Diaz and Gakpo. Everyone else, mm. I, I would... Cause I, I so do Virgil really, then? I, you know, Virgil is, is on my list of top, top of my list of concerns, Dev. Um, Again, does he just need a full pre-season? Mo? He, he, Mo wasn't on your list either. Yeah, again, if we got a silly offer for Mo, Mo's like, past his peak, possibly. He's not had a bad season. He still carries a goal threat. I don't think he's been as, as effective since the African Cup of Nations. Um, I just don't think he has. Um, that's not to say that I'd actively, I wouldn't actively sell him, just like I wouldn't actively sell Van Dyke. What I'm saying is I would not say that like, you are 100% not for sale. If we got a very good offer for you, I would consider it. So you're I'm not saying the untouchables. Sell yes, those are my untouchables. And Gakpo right. is, is not untouchable per se. It's just that we wouldn't be able to sell him because he's only signed for us in January. Mm-hmm. Hmm, interesting. Dave, you want to weigh so, in? Uh, I think that's a, it's a big call. I don't necessarily disagree with him, but I think it's a big call. I don't think I'm brave enough to come on here and say I'd, I'd think about selling Salah or Van Dyke, but I'm not going to tell anyone they're wrong. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far myself. And I do think 
if like I'm not like I say, I'm not brave enough to call for that. But if Klopp was if Klopp was privately thinking I'm moving Virgil on, his best days are behind him, and maybe he's a problem because he doesn't seem to, you know. I, I'd just like Virgil to come out and say, you know what, I've just been way below my best. I know I'm really not playing well. He, he doesn't seem to be like that. He seems to be like, oh, well, I'm not a robot. What do you expect? Well, I just expect mm-hmm. you to, to be fucking better than this. You know? So maybe, like, if he was a bit more, had a bit more humility, then I'd think, yeah, he's aware of the problems and, you know, he's going to work hard and fix it. I don't know. It's not the vibe that I get from him. And it is worrying when, like, you know, you, you all this the shit from like the Dutch pundits, and they're all saying that because it's easy for us to just scoff at that, and like, and and I do to some extent, but they do talk to people who'll know them and who've worked with them and stuff. Right. So it's not just coming from like thin air. It might be in Van Basten's case because Van Basten just seems to have a beef for him, but like even then, it's like, well, why has he got a beef for them? Why would he not just be like saying, "Oh, Wales best defender," and he's placed on my country? So even stuff like that is a little bit. Like disconcerting to some degree, but I'm not brave enough to say, yeah, Virgil's finished and I'd be getting rid of him. Absolutely not. But I can't say 100% that that's not the case. You know, it, it might be. I do think like that's it's possible that we have seen the best of him and he won't get back to what he was. Hopefully not. Hopefully that's not the case and he bounces back and he's great again and everyone who questions him looks like a tit, me included. You know, I'm, I'll happily wear that. Like That's not, not an issue for me. But yeah, I wouldn't go as far as Dan and say he's on my list of uh, he is on my list of untouchables. But by the end of the season, I might feel differently. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mo, I, I wouldn't be looking at selling Mo. The only thing with Mo is if we're in a rebuild and he's like thirty-one, and someone comes in with like a big offer, like I think PSG he'd, he'd, if they lose yeah. like Neymar and Messi or something. You have to look at it. You have to like. Yeah. So he's not untouchable in that sense, but I would not be actively looking to move him on. But I do think if you got offered silly money, you might need to look at that. Mm-hmm. That's exactly that's, what I'm saying. Yeah, and especially because of his it, wage rebuild, as well, though, isn't it? Like, if if we, if because when I don't think now we're going to be like in the states, they call it like a win now mentality, where all your eggs are in the basket of your salary cap. You know, you've traded your young pieces away, and you're in a position where you're trying to win a championship this year, you're not necessarily looking to the future. If we enter this summer, we're in, we'll be, I think, in more of a traditional rebuild thing where it's more, it's going to be like a two, two or three year project again to get mm. back to where we were. So in that, in that circumstances, you probably, you probably do start entertaining offers for Salah, even though like he's the best I've ever seen for us. But like, is he going to be? Is he going to be of that much use to us if we're not at the very, very top echelon of what, yeah, what which what we've been trying to achieve? Do you know what I mean? Like, no, it's definitely a, a valid point. Yeah, and I, and I, I definitely would. I he, Salah would probably be. I would agree with Dan on Verge, right? I would be. I would be okay with us letting him go. I think. I think the injury, and it's it's by no means his fault. The injury that he inflicted against Everton is clearly 100% the turning point in what we're talking about here. It's not like, you know, did you see that report the other week where it was kind of, I think you mentioned it on the pod, Dave, where the, the amount of work he has to do to get ready for games now with games yeah. swelling down and the management of the aches and pains and that kind of stuff. I think it's clearly, it's it's what's causing this. And if that's the case, then maybe you do have to be unsentimental and 
and and look at all of the other stuff that you mentioned as well about the possible attitude concerns. Um, is it that um, that's causing it though? Uh, the only I reason I is. ask that is because a lot of the things I'm seeing from him is is more bad decisions. It's not so much like that physically, like people are running past them. It's more to do with like positioning and stuff like that, which. Is that related to the injury? I don't know. And it, it, it wasn't affecting him last season, though. was it? I don't see. I thought. I think that's been overplayed as well. What a good season he had last year. Because I think the first half, the second half of the season, he was good. The first half of the season, he was quite ropey, which was understandable considering he just come back from the injury. It, it took him a while. I think he had a good second half of the season, definitely. Um, first half, not so much. But I think the stuff that you're talking about can be brought back to the injury as well, because if he's not. As, if he can't rely on his body as much as he used to be able to, then that's going to get into his head as well. And if he knows he's playing poorly, that's going to get into his head. And that kind of stuff affects your decision making. Like that's yeah, why these these players who are sort of of solid, sound mind, great tacticians, intelligent men, all of them, start making silly errors like the ones we saw from him at Bournemouth and and that kind of stuff. Then, um, you know, it's I think that I think that all can be drawn together. And I think it. With Verge, I think more than any player I've ever seen, he thrived off being his imperious, untouchable, magnificent self. Loved it, like absolutely relished who he'd become as a footballer and loved that status. Yeah. When you when you lose that, I think that can have a massive toll on you as well mentally. Like I think it's something we all fear, right? Everybody has it and then loses it. It's just a case of when it happens in some capacity, right? All the greats have like. You know, you don't really see like Robert De Niro in in many good films anymore, like busting out great performances. Like you have it and then you lose it. Yeah, I'm dreading um, it when I lose it, like. <laughs> <laughs> and John's oh, not here to back you up. Lose it. Yeah, there you go. Um, but that that would be the only perhaps difference um, in my list would be. Um, maybe I'd keep Salah off it, and I still think he'll have value beyond this year because. His injury record is great. His fitness is phenomenal. If he does get, if he can get his fucking hunger back next year, then we might be looking at a, a, a renewed Mo again. Um, so yeah. Yeah, but I think with Mo, it's not about him. It, it's not like a case of thinking, oh, he's, he's maybe not got much left or whatever. I don't think any of us think that. We all think he's still no. got like a few years of, of like top top football left. It's purely about where we are. Mm-hmm. And do we need to bring in more money for a rebuild? And, and in which case, not just the transfer fee that you get for him, but if you're getting 300 grand a week off the wage bill as well. Right. I think yeah. that has to be a factor, but none of us would be actively looking to move him on. Absolutely not. No. You know, and it'll be okay. devastating like if, if he does go. Yeah, remember how upset we were this time last year when we thought the contract thing wasn't going to happen mm-hmm. and what a massive relief it was before... Yeah. You know, I think it was before the European Cup final, wasn't it, when it when it came out that he was staying and um, how great we felt about it. And I, I'm still, I am still glad that that contract was signed. Don't get me wrong at all. Well, if he'd and, gone, how bad would we be now? Right. He'd be yeah, bad enough with yeah. him. He's our top scorer by a mile, yeah. and um, probably has still been our most important player this year. So um, let's not get too carried away. Um, but yeah, good list, Dan. I think that's, I think that's a good jumping off point. Um, should we have a quick look at Arsenal? Because I think we've been going about an hour now. Yeah. I was going to just raise one quick point. Sorry if you don't Go mind. Ahead. about ju- yeah. Just about, about tonight. I've just been like getting pings um, and Chelsea have released a statement condemning the dipshit fans 
for the usual Hillsborough and Heysel slurs and Liverpool mm. have released a statement um, saying that this has got to stop, which is um, nice to see. Nice to see the club show some teeth for a change. The Premier League said something as well, didn't he? Not too sure on yeah. that one. I've only seen what Chelsea and Liverpool have said. Yeah, the Premier League said uh, condemning um, chanceable tragedies. So there does That's seem good. to be a little bit of momentum building on that, and hopefully, there does. Hopefully, yeah. that'll go the same way as the the Chelsea rent boy chance, and it'll just be, you know, consigned to the past where it belongs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, anything else you guys want to bring up about tonight's game, Dave? Do I? No. Let's <laughs> just forget all about it. Yeah. <laughs> Which right. won't, won't be difficult. I was going to get your opinion on Reese uh, James's bleach blonde hair, but well, I think we all know. Again, just prove the point. Bleach blonde, bleach blonde hair. Massive sign of a fucking you know you just it's a it's a twat identifier isn't it really? <laughs> good so, player, yeah, good player though. Yeah, great, but, great player is Rishi Ems and uh, Yao Felix. <laughs> and that pissed me off that he kept calling him Felix as well. All right, never mind. Okay, so Arsenal on Sunday. Um, home form from us has been good. We have had the beating of Arsenal at Anfield for as long as I can remember. Like going back to, um, what the entire Klopp era really. It seems like we beat them f- f- four or five nil every or four or five one every time they come to Anfield. So um, I don't think that's going to be the case this time. No, um, because you know we finished twenty three above twenty three points above them last year, and they are now twenty nine points above us going into this Fucking game. Hell. <laughs> so it's like a fifty point swing, which is. Fucking crazy if you'd have told us that at the start. And not of the even a full, still ten games left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's you know it is what it is. But I still think that they haven't been. When I've watched them in recent weeks, they haven't been that convincing. I think they've they've got by on sort of the momentum that they that they've built up rather than playing great football. And I think we'll probably you know we're, I'm pretty confident that we'll get something from this. Is that a view that you share, Dave? Uh, yes. I'm not as confident as I normally would be, <laughs> obviously, but I do think we'll beat them because it's Anfield, and I also am expecting Arsenal to fall away at some point. And I think, as well as they've done, and they have done really well, I'm not taking that away from them. But here's the thing: it's like we know what this is like when, like, you go and you've got City breathing down your neck, or you you're trying to chase City, you're neck and neck with them. You know they're just going to win every game. So you have to do the same, and Arsenal have been doing that, but it's it's a whole different ball game doing that up to this point, and then when you get into April, and mm-hmm. the stress and and like you find yourself behind in a game, and you've got to keep your composure and and come back and and like it's it's just totally different like the pressure cooker of it, and I think that's where Arsenal will end up slipping up, and it might be like this weekend if we beat them. I just think they'll get a bit edgy, but, you know, and City, you know what City are going to do? City are just going to win every game. It's what they mm-hmm. do. They get to this stage of the season and they just churn out win after win after win. It's relentless and you've got to do the same and we've done it and still come up short. You know, right. twice it's happened to us. Arsenal haven't been there before. Like last year, they completely choked on the run-in and they blew a top four spot and got pipped by Tottenham. So, yeah, as well as they've done this season, and yeah, they're a, a much better side now than they were then, but they've still got to prove it when it really matters. And I, I feel as though like they'll end up coming unstuck over the running and City will just chase them down. And I do think we'll beat them this weekend. 
but I'm not like as confident as I would be. And I think there's also a possibility, not so much about like if we lose, if we lose, I think we'd lose badly. Okay, like I don't yeah. think we'll get edged out by a goal or anything like that. I think we'll either beat them or it'll be one of those where it's like fucking hell and it's like three or four one or something mad like that where we just fall apart. Like, you know, we're, we're chasing the game and then we just get picked off and it's just like a, like an away game. Mm-hmm. Basically, just like an away game, but I'm hoping that's not the case. And because it's at Anfield, the crowds will, will just will, will get us through. And hopefully, he doesn't do anything fucking stupid like leaving Darwin out. You know, pick the team yeah. that that's that's like the, our best attacking team, most positive players, players who've like who are least affected by this confidence crisis. Get them on the pitch, and you know, let's just go from there. Yeah. Um. Dan, our home form has been largely okay this year. Like we've only lost the one home game, that one against Leeds, with the with the last minute goal, which shouldn't have happened really, but it did. Um, do you think there's there's sort of any chance if if things go ill on Sunday that the atmosphere in in the stadium might take a little bit of a turn? Yes, I do. For the simple reason, Chris, that this is the first home game since the price increases were announced, um, and the temerity of the owners to do that after the season that we've had to put prices up on season tickets is just mind-numbingly stupid but that's a different argument in itself but I I know that I am hoping that there's going to be some like discontent about that not against the team just before the game as usual Um, banners here and there saying greedy this greedy that whatever Um, so I, I do think that I think tonight's result if we'd have lost tonight then I think the atmosphere would have soured a lot quicker um, if it if it did go go wrong on Sunday, um, but they, they can. I, I do think that there might be a bit of like the the goodwill is kind of dissipating quite quickly. And as as I said, the, the owners have have lit the the powder keg as far as I'm concerned by putting up the prices again. Um, not not again, sorry, by putting the prices up now. It's the wrong season to do it at the wrong time with the wrong set of results, and I just think that they are asking for trouble with that. I, I do think that the, the atmosphere could turn quite quickly. On let's say Arsenal score in the first ten minutes, you'll get the usual whinging and complaining when the pass is misplaced because the crowd have lost confidence in in the team. I think so the, that's not to say they've lost support. I think the crowd have been very. Um, good with the team actually considering that that Leicester game at, Anf- at Anfield just after Christmas after the international break was as bad a Liverpool performance as I've ever seen at Anfield and the crowd were with them all the way so they're not losing faith in the team but they're not as confident because like this is something that Paul talks about a lot about calling he calls the crowd out for being hysterical and complaining when things aren't quite going our way and the ball's pinging around um, between the two teams, so you, you may you may see the a bit more of that I think because Arsenal are going to have the ball for long spells and we're not used to that. We don't like that. Mm-hmm. How, how do you think we should approach the game, Dave? Um, I think we should just approach it the way we would normally approach it. I know, like we're not playing the way we normally play, but I just think that's what we've got to do because it's at Anfield. Yeah. And we've got nothing to lose anyway. I mean, it's not like there's no stakes for us now. Our season's fucking no. done. No, yeah. So this is like... I don't want to say it's a free hit for us. I felt like the City game was a free hit and look how that played out. But I don't think it's it's like 
there's not that much pressure on us. The pressure's on them. So I would just say, like, look, just go out and just get after them. Just play play your football at Anfield. Just go out and just play. Like, get the crowd behind you. And then with the crowd behind them, it changes everything. You know, like, they they, they raise the game. They get more confidence. Yeah, and that's again. been, like, a big problem. It's like, it tells you, like, a lot about the team. If they can't do it away from home, it points to character and, like... You know, it, you're good at home, but you're good away. You're shit away. Well, why? Well, it's because you haven't got the, the, the strong enough mentality and character mm-hmm. to go and do it away from home. But we have done it at Anfield. You know, we beat United 7-0. So I, that's what I'd be saying to them. Let's go out and just go after them, see what happens. I don't think I the just... crowd's going to get too... Uh, if, it, if it went really badly and we got battered, I think, yeah, the, the crowds would be pissed off. And, you know, you would see, like because we've not seen it at all so far there's been the, the crowd's been great in terms of support even tonight you know like the you have seen like at the end of the game players were applauding the fans the fans were applauding the back so you know the the fans are st- the, the, like the match going fans are still with the team because they've they've built up a lot of credit in the bank and even though they've been dog shit now we still remember what they've given us and and you know we're still appreciative of that so i don't think the crowd's going to turn on them um Unless it goes badly wrong. As for the you know the, the the price increase and stuff like that, I don't think you're going to get like protests like we did last time and happened, um, because it's a it's a small increase. But that's deceptive. You know, it, it's easy to say, oh well, you know, it's only what is it like two percent or three percent something increase. It's a it's a small increase. Um, that's not the issue. The issue is that once it's it's been allowed, well then. It's the same, like, it'll be each year, another 2%, another 3%, and then before you know it, after, like, five years, you're paying a hell of a lot more for your ticket than you were. So these the tickets have been frozen for a while since, like, the last the, the protest last time when they tried to bump them up. They've not put them up, which is a good thing. You know, they listened, they've done the right thing, but you're sticking ticket prices up when we're in a cost-of-living crisis. It's like, yeah, I know your lucky bills have, come up, have gone up for fucking the floodlights and everything else, but still... You know, it's a drop in the ocean. Like, the money yeah. that they're going to make from that increase is nothing to them, but it is something to the people who are having to fork out to pay it. And that's where they've misjudged it. You know, this is not the time to be doing it. Yeah. Well said, mate. Um, so, Dan, just to get back to the game for um, a minute or two, like, we'll probably sign off pretty quickly after this, but, like, Apparently, like Diaz and Thiago may be back for this one. Would they come straight back into the team for you? Would just Van Dijk if he's if he's healthy? I don't even not really sure. I buy that he was ill tonight. Uh, Trent, Robbo, like bring all the big names back in for tonight uh, for Sunday or kind of yeah. a mixture of the yeah. two. Do, 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 but basically, my, my grand master tactical plan is do what we did against United. Uh, obviously, Arsenal won't fold like United did, um, but that will be my grand plan. Um, I would pretty much get everyone back in, yeah. Um, it's Van Dijk in particular, you know, like let's give him a chance to kind of get it out of his system. Yeah. Uh, was he ill or not? I don't know. That's a very good question. Uh, ill in inverted commas. Um, Ill, Ill seems to be the new rested. Like when when people didn't used to get dropped, they used to get rested. Um, so yeah, get get everyone back in and let, let's have um let's, let's just have um, a crackling kind of performance. It's the first home game since the clocks changed. It'll be a lighter night, nice atmosphere. It's just I like these Sunday four o'clock games either side of the clocks mm-hmm. changing. 
Um, you know, it's it's an, it'll be good, good game. Let's let's have some nice attacking football because we're not we've not scored anything like enough goals this season. So let, let's kind of try and add to the the nine and the seven that we got in in, in two games when we got spoiled. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I know there's not really a lot to to play for this season now, but games against Arsenal are usually good, entertaining spectacles. And to be quite honest with you, I do want to give them a bit of a kicking because I think we we let them off a little bit. Um, at, at their place it, it, it was one of those games where it felt like everything went against us and, and yeah. Diaz got injured mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Diaz Thiago to me I'm kind of done with him now because you just can't depend on him to stay fit which is a really outlandish and pretty spoiled thing to say but that is kind of how where I'm at with him great player but he's never fit and therefore is he much outside of the Ox and key to camp not, not really no and he's on a lot more money than they are um but he is undoubtedly a fantastic player and the midfield is better when he's in it. He One thing to his credit is when he is injured, he does tend to come straight back in. He doesn't need time to build himself up from, from what I've seen. So, I, yeah, I would be happy to get him straight back in. Um, and let's let, let's have at them. Hopefully we'll see Diaz, but Jürgen sounded quite doubtful about that. Yeah, so, he did. Mm. Yeah. Bollocks. Well, that would certainly put a few smiles on faces. Chance I think the key one. will be... Um, and what, do you, what do you do about Trent? That's the one. Do you, do you bring Trent back in or not? No, I don't. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I keep well, going. Gomez was good, quite good tonight, so... Yeah, he was OK. Defended, but he's going to be solid. and He's going to be up against Martinelli when he be at the weekend. And I went into the season thinking he was a complete bum, like that typical Arsenal young player who they think is boss and you just think is never going to... Like, they never end up making it. They get all excited about him and they never end up making it, but he is Jeremy Allianti, yeah. Yeah, people yeah. like that, you know. Yeah. Didn't <laughs> this, he score four you know. against us? No, he scored two. It was that Baptista scored four, didn't he, in that game? Ash oh. Yeah, that was another one, yeah. Now, I know what you mean, yeah. but like, the only thing with Trent, if this was away, I would definitely be keeping Gomez in. wouldn't even think twice about it. But because it's at Anfield and I want us to go at them, I kind of feel like not so much a last throw of the dice with these players, but I would bring them all back in. I'd bring Virgil back in. I'd bring Robbo back in. I'd bring Trent back in. Um, Salah. Yeah, obviously. I think, as I say, I think he was just uh, just rested tonight. I don't think there was any any more to that. So I'd bring all of the, like the the usual suspects back in, but I would be like kind of saying to them, look, you know, you've got to fucking deliver now. You, we we can't have any more of this shit. You've got to play like you play. You've got to start doing it again. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see anyway. Um, pretty sure you guys will be back immediately after the game on Sunday. Come what may. I think the, the key for me is that whatever the result, if we beat them and if we beat them well by some miracle, let's just kind of not get carried away again. Oh, I don't think anyone will. <laughs> because there's been a few times this season where we've kind of we've spoke of turning points and being back on track, and the United one had you know people talking about. Oh, we're going to overhaul Man United. We're going to finish third now. When it was that was kind of them. You know, we <laughs> haven't won a game since. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost every game since I think, apart from tonight. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think like feet. If we win it, enjoy the day. Feet on the ground, um, because it's likely to come undone again. <laughs> that good feeling is likely to come undone again very quickly. But it's like Dan um, said, though, wasn't it? It's Leeds after that. Leeds away. Yeah. Yeah. So right. that would be just the ultimate. Was like you you beat the team at the top and then you go away and lose at Leeds, which is would exactly you... what I'd expect to happen. If we win on Sunday, I'm not taking anything from that other than enjoying the day. 
Yeah, there you go. Good call. Well, I hope well, you, you, you want us to lose that, that game, won't you, Dave? Which the Leeds game? Yeah, for the bottom uh, of the table. I'm not actively going to want us to lose, but you know, when we do lose, <laughs> it's not going to it's not going to bother me. I'll I'll shrug it off quite easily. Yeah. Just right. before we sign off, Chris, um, can I can I just yeah. uh, can I can I give a re, a re, um, shout out to myself if anyone wants um, a cameo <laughs> if, if, if anyone wants a cameo of my Don Vito Carleone impression they're available on cameo for 300 <laughs> quid in a copy of Girly World okay fair enough so do you, are you paying them 300 quid or is it the other way around <laughs> <laughs> alright fair enough yeah I mean you know it's just in keeping with the tradition of uh, not very good impressions on this podcast we'll have We'll have another one for you after the game on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> one day I'll keep, bust out my quint. There you go. My quint's actually, I know, man. It's good. Yeah, it's coming along. It's coming along. <laughs> I, I resolved never to do it again after mine, so <laughs> you won't be hearing that from me anymore. Yeah, no, um, it, it was legendary, that. Irish quint. <laughs> <laughs> Irish quint. Oh, right, look. We think we've gone on for too long anyway on this one, I think. We're about like an hour, 15, hour, 20 minutes, which this game has not deserved an hour and 20 minutes of your time. No. Um, hopefully you have got some enjoyment from it. Dave and the boys will be back after the game on Sunday, uh, hopefully talking about a good win for the Reds. But until then, we'll catch you soon. <laughs>